Welcome to Victory Fellowship's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. I want to share with you really a word of prophecy the Lord gave us as a church out of Luke chapter 5. I want to read this story. It's one of the great stories in the Bible of the calling of, of the, some of the disciples and one of the first miracles in the ministry of Jesus. And like, like many of his miracles, they were real miracles that met real needs at the time, but they were also prophetic or they were, they were like living parables, like the feeding of the multitudes was a living parable. And the opening of the eyes of the blind was a, was a, a real he- healing miracle, but a, a living parable of, of spiritual eyes being opened and the deaf, spiritual ears being opened. And this, this miracle is a, is a powerful miracle about ministry, about harvest, about launching out into the deep, about expanding ourselves, believing God for more, about seeing ourselves differently. You know, when, when this, this event took place, Jesus was, was walking along the, the sea, and obviously um, these disciples had been, they had been in some of his services before. They'd, they'd been around him, but they weren't, they weren't fully committed. Everyone say fully committed. Do you know anyone like that? They've been in services before, maybe seen some things taking place, but they haven't really said, Lord God, wherever you lead, I'll follow. I'm in this. I'm in this for the, for the long run, for the long haul. And they weren't there yet. And Jesus was getting ready to have a, a, a service on the beach and begin to teach from the beach of, on the Sea of Galilee. And, and the crowd began to gather. And you had, had two problems that were about to happen. Either the crowd was going to just begin to be so cantankerous, they could end up push him in, pushing him into the water, and also the crowd was too large, so he, he, he borrowed one of the ships, one of the boats, one of the fishing boats, launched out a little bit from the shore, and used it as, a, as a, like a stage and a microphone to reflect his voice off of the water and preach to the crowd gathering on the beach. Very powerful scene, and this is where we're reading Luke 5. It says, so as, as it was, the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God. You know, there's seasons like that. When God begins to awaken a society where they become spiritually aware and spiritually hungry and the society itself becomes hungry for the word of God. God is going to send another day in America like that where there'll be a hunger in the very atmosphere. The world will become sick and tired of the secular world that they live in and there will be a, a release of a spiritual hunger in the unchurched world out there around you. Amen. So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, another name for the Sea of Galilee, and he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boats. And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. This is the greatest fish story of all time. (laughs) Except this one was true. When Simon saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished. Everyone say astonished. 
They were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken, and so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. And when they brought their boats to the land, they forsook all and followed him. Now, there's, there's a couple of lessons that I want us to, to, to learn from this story today. Um, first of all, that Jesus is, is challenging these fishermen, and he's challenging their, their faith. You know, they, they are sitting there, and, and of course, these guys, they lived as fishermen. They were born and raised on this lake. They'd fished all their lives. They knew what the right time to catch fish. They knew the wrong time to catch fish. They knew when the fish were running. They knew when the fish weren't running. And when this this preacher began to tell them to launch out into the deep and let down their nets for a catch, they thought absolutely impossible. It's it's not going to happen. But they responded to his word, and the rest is history. They began to experience the power of God. Now, these were just ordinary, common fishermen. They weren't academics. They weren't intellectuals. They were just normal, average ordinary guys, and they were about to have a life change. Now, one of the things that that Jesus spoke to them, and this is a word the Lord spoke over our church in the beginning of 1999. He said, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. It's another word for expansion, to expand yourself, to stretch yourself into areas and places you've never been before. Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. One of the ways that these, these men were about to have their, their thinking challenged and their faith stretched in this incredible message that Jesus Christ brought to this earth. He brought the greatest message of all time. He brought the message of grace. Grace and truth began to be seen in this person, Jesus Christ. This was the most radical message of all time. The message that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He was about to take these these fishermen on a journey that was going to shock their minds. They couldn't believe their eyes when he began to call public and sinners to follow after him. They couldn't believe their ears when they heard his words to the prostitute. Young woman, your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. This was a radical message of Jesus Christ, that Christ died to save sinners. Christ died to save the, the worst of sinners, the lowest of the low. Christ died to redeem us, to purchase us from our sinful lifestyle. My brothers and sisters, this is the only message that brings man into eternity. It's the message of salvation by by grace alone, through faith alone. It's the message that we need to hammer away at again and again and again. The radical message of salvation by grace through faith. You know, I I remember when our our church first started back in 1979, we had a picket line. And the picket line was an unusual picket line. I'm not going to take the time to go down that rabbit trail to talk about who the people on the picket line actually were. But needless to say, these were old-time Pentecostal family that was not very happy about what was taking place in our church. And um, they were, um, they had, I'd say, you'd have to say they had their knickers in a bunch. They were, they, were, they were not happy about what was going on. And I remember this one time, there was, there was, there was p- people beginning to come to this church that was, was offensive to the natural religious minds. 
I remember this one girl that came to church. She came on Sunday morning and crossed the picket line in her pink hot pants. Now, this is a long time ago. And it was, it, was, it was quite disturbing. I can remember all sorts of people were getting upset about her chosen clothes for church that day. But, you know, she didn't know any better. You know why? Because she had not had an encounter with Jesus Christ yet. She was like the woman that crawled on her knee, hands and knees to, to get to his feet and to touch him. And to taste of his grace, to experience this incredible, radical grace that reaches down into the depths of the heaven holds in this world and brings people out. And that's, that's where, so she began to drink from this, this cup of grace. And she experienced that day. Walked, walked through the picket line, went through into the church and found salvation by grace through faith. Now, the, 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 I guess the, the true story is what takes place over the next few weeks. You know, it's, 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 are the clothes changing? Are the, are the clothes getting a little bit longer? The wardrobe changes. You'll find out that the grace of God transforms us into another kind of person. You know, now, when, when you start preaching, when you start launching out into the deep, and you start preaching a message of salvation by grace, that Christ died for the sinners of the world, that Christ died for the worst, for the lowest of the low. As soon as you start preaching that message, you start pe- people using it for, for, an, for an opportunity for sin. Paul preached that message. That was the message of Paul the Apostle. And as soon as he did that, people started thinking that, that Paul's message was giving them a license to sin. In Romans 6, chapter 1, Paul said, oh, no, 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 no. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Absolutely not. Oh, we have to press out a little deeper. Grace doesn't leave us in our hole that it found us in. Grace drags us out and brings us in to a deeper place of relationship with God. Now, you think about it in in this passage. And um, there's a scripture, Mark 1.17, Mark's account of the same story. Jesus looked at these fishermen, and you have to admit, these were, these were not the greatest candidates for apostolic ministry. <laughs> these guys stank of fish. They, they would, you know, these would be a, a, a modern-day version of what Peter and the rest of the gang was. You could probably see it on... Duck Dynasty or something like that. That's, that's what these guys were. They, were. they were fishermen. They were hunters. They were common. They were not academic scholars. These guys smelled like fish. You got around them, and that's the environment that they lived in, and Jesus was ministering to them, and, and he was reaching into their hearts, and he was trying to explain to them the kind of life that he was going to lead them on. And he, he says to them, he says, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. In order to leave a lifestyle that we like, we have to be given a better opportunity and a better alternative. And that's what the grace of God does. The grace of God gives us a sense, not only washes us clean from our past, but gives us a sense of the reality of God, of his nearness to us, our dearness to him, his love for us, his awesome presence that we have. And we begin to find out that this this life is is not a life of, of only sacrifice, but it's a life of delighting in God, being satisfied in God, and, and, and feasting on his abundance, delighting ourselves in the abundance of our Father's house. So, 
You know, one of the things that, um, that Jonathan Edwards used to teach, he used to say that, that we have to fight fire with fire. And, and what he meant by that was this. He said that the, the, the power of sin in this world is in the offer of pleasure. That's what entices people. That's what hooks people. That's what traps people. And what grace does, grace comes and gives us an offer of a better life, of a higher pleasure that delivers us from the foolish pleasures of this life. So we have to launch out into the deep, not step, stay in the recesses of surface level Christianity. There's more available for you. Grace is not a, a ticket just to live the kind of life you want to live, but it's, a, it's the door way into another kind of life, a supernatural life found only in the presence of God. So deeper, everyone say deeper. We're pressing out deeper into the grace of God. We're pressing out deeper so we're going to preach salvation by grace. We're pressing in deeper so we can embrace this grace so that it satisfies us totally and completely where we're satisfied with God. We're launching out into the deep like Simon Peter in Luke chapter 5 verse 5 where he says that he answered Jesus and said to him, what he was basically saying is, Lord, this is really a ridiculous request. We've worked all night. We're fishermen. We know when to fish and we know when not to fish. This is the time not to fish. Nevertheless, Lord, nevertheless. What did he say? Nevertheless. Everyone say it with me. At your word. The word of the Lord. It's the word of the Lord. We're going to launch out deeper into the word of the Lord. We're going to listen to his word. We're going to give heed to his word. We're going to let the word of God expand us and take us to places we probably would never go before. We'd never enter into this world of launching out into the deep. We'd never get involved in feed the multitudes. We'd never get involved in the homeless ministry. We'd never get involved in missions. We'd never get involved in children's, children's ministry. Nevertheless, at your words. Nevertheless, Lord, at your word, I'm going to yield. Now th think about where this journey took Peter. Peter had this, this encounter with, with the Lord on the boat that day. He saw the, the incredible harvest of fish. And he began, he, he, on the beach, he, Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you a fisher of man. And, and Peter responded. And for the next three years, he's involved in, 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 in seeing signs and wonders and miracles. He was there when Jesus walked on water. He was there when he multiplied the fish and the loaves. He was there when, when Jesus turned the water into wine. He was there when he stilled the storm. He was there when he raised up Jairus' daughter from her deathbed. He was there when he called Lazarus out of the grave. He saw everything with his own eyes. He saw him die. He saw his tomb and he saw him in his resurrection. But it came time after three years where it was Peter's time to step to the forefront. And here he was on Acts chapter, Acts chapter 2 in, a, in an upper room filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. Suddenly he heard a sound from heaven like the sound of a rushing mighty wind. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. And the power of God flowed through him and flowed over all the other disciples and began to spread out into the streets. So it began to gather a crowd. And Peter found everyone, every eye was turning to him. He was now the spokesperson. He was the one that was to, to lift up his voice and take authority in charge of what was taking place that day. And here he was. The words of the Sanhedrin said, Who is this 
uneducated and untrained fishermen. Uneducated and untrained fishermen. Well, here's Peter's words when he stood up, Acts 2.16. He said this, when they said, what, what meaneth this? What's going on? Why are these people acting so crazy? Why are they responding to the power of God? What is all this joy? What is all this speaking in other languages? What is these tongues of fire upon their heads? And here's Peter's response. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is not an academic This is a fisherman. But this fisherman had got his nose in the Word of God. He had expanded himself. He had stretched out. He had stretched himself out. He found out that the Word was not just for the academics, not for just people in school, not just for the students, but the Word was for the fisherman, for the plumber, for the pipe fitter, for the dress shop worker, for the accountant, for all of us to expand ourselves. To soak ourselves. I'm saying, my brothers and sisters, launch out into the depths of the Word of God. Make room for God by seeking His Word, searching the Word of God. So when the time comes, yeah, your time is coming. Yeah, your time is coming. It might be at the Thanksgiving dinner table. It might be at work. It might be when the next hurricane hits, God forbid. It might be when the the next freeze takes place. It might be when the next tragedy happens. You know, tragedies come in this world that we live in, but tragedies become our opportunities to become the tool and the vessel of God. It becomes our opportunity to stand to the front. It might be on a plane, a plane when everyone's freaking out. Have you ever been on a plane that everyone thought it was going down? Next thing you know, people are throwing up, grabbing their rosaries, shouting, out profanities. You know, it's chaos breaks out and the Holy Ghost comes on you. It's your opportunity. It's Peter in the midst of this rushing mighty wind. It's your moment in time. Expand yourself. Fill your heart with the Word of God. Opportunities arise when, and God uses prepared vessels who've expanded themselves. I'm speaking to somebody out there today. God's, God's preparing you for something great. Deeper, deeper, Peter, we're still talking about this fisherman, deeper life. Peter and John, Acts chapter 3, verse number 1. So Peter found this. He was launching out into the deep. Launch out into the deep, let down your nets for, for a catch. Thinking back to 1999 when God spoke that word over our church. Beginning of 1999, that had been, we were five years at that point. Five years into visitation revival meetings had been going on for five years in our church. We had, we had learned about a deeper place in God that we never knew existed. And he's calling us out, continuing to call us out into the deep, just like he is today. Launch out into the deep. Launch out into the deep places of God. Launch out into the deep places of prayer. Launch out into the deep places of worship. Launch out into the deep places of my word. Launch out. Don't get stuck in the shallows. Press into areas. Launch out into the deeper life. Don't be comparing your life to what other Christians are doing, but launch out into the deep. God has a unique plan for your life, different from anyone else. Don't get stuck where you are. And so God's speaking to Peter, and he's being used on the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 3 comes around. Acts chapter 3, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the the hour of prayer. Everyone say hour of prayer. So Peter was still launching out into the deep. Pentecost had come. 
He'd experienced the power of God flowing through him like a rushing stream of water that touched the community in Jerusalem. But he knew God wasn't finished yet. He he could remember the time when Jesus stood on that ship and said, launch out into the deep, Peter. I've got something I want to do through your life. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. So Peter was still stretching himself, still launching out into the deep. He went out to that place of prayer. And he, if, if, if those of you that know the story know that in that place of prayer that day, a man who had been lame for many, many years, was healed, was raised up, and that miracle was the catalyst that brought about salvation. Another 5,000 people were converted that day as Peter stood up and preached in Solomon's colonnade in the court of the temple. It's this lame man was healed, and Peter began to preach about the healing power of Jesus of Nazareth. As a result of that miracle, Peter was thrown in prison, threatened by the very priests that had crucified Jesus just a few days before threatened him said if you do it again if you do it again we're going to do to you what we did to him you need to shut your mouth don't preach in the name of Jesus anymore and Peter said who should we listen to should we listen to you or should we listen to God they threatened them and let them go and here's what happens after they were let go being let go they went to their own companions And they reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So they just said, well, let's just tone it back a little bit then, guys. Let's just tone it back, you know. We can, you know, we can, we can tone it back and reach more people. Is anyone listening to me out there? Have you read your Bible lately? No, these are fishermen. These are fishermen. These guys, these guys smelled like fish. They didn't care what the, the, the academics thought. They said they went to their own companions and they reported all that the chief priests and elders said to them. They told all their friends. When they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord. What were they doing? They were launching out into the deep. They were saying, there's more of God. We're not going to listen to man. We're not going to look at our circumstances. We're launching out to the deep. We're going to let down our nets for another catch. We're getting ready for a move of the Holy Ghost. There's more to take place. God's not finished yet. We're launching out into the deep. We're not going to listen to what they say. We're going to listen to God. We're going to press in, in prayer and in his presence. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord. And said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Who by the mouth of your servant David has said, why did the nations roar and the the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. So they were launching out into the deep in prayer. You know, this, you know, I want to, I want to go back for, for just a moment to um, the story on the boat that day when Jesus um, first called Peter. You know, Peter is shocked, to say the least, when, when he saw the, the nets beginning to fill up with fish. And then when he, when he heard the nets beginning to rip because of the weight of the fish. And then when he saw the, 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 the nets pulling the boat underwater and begin to sink, he called another boat, and the same thing began to fill that boat. When he saw this, he was shocked by the display of the miracle power of God. And then suddenly, he's, he's there and looking in this moment, and he turns, and Jesus is next to him, and suddenly, he became aware for the first time of who this really was. He said, whoa, I'm standing on holy ground. I'm standing in the presence of Almighty God. This was, this was Moses 
burning bush for Peter. This was the burning bush. It was a, it was, what an awesome God. Our God sits in the heavens and laughs. He meets the shepherd with a burning bush and he meets the fisherman with a boatload of fish. He met him right where he was and and Peter saw the situation. He saw it. And what did he do? He fall down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me. I'm a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at this catch of fish which they had taken. So he had this experience of God on the boat. He was launching, he was launching out into the deep places that he had never been before. A couple years later, he finds himself up on a, a mountain, the mountain of transfiguration, when Jesus was telling him about, the, about his soon coming death, and the presence of God came down on that mountain, and Jesus was transfigured in front of Peter. He saw it with his own eyes, and as he saw Jesus transfigured, Moses and Elijah actually appeared and began to talk and have a discourse with Jesus. Peter was launching out into the deep. Then again on, on, the, bo- on, the, on, on the day of Pentecost, Peter was, was caught by the power of the rushing mighty wind. The tongues of fire were upon his head. He was launching out into the presence of God. He needed more if he was going to experience more. And that day when he was about to make one of the biggest decisions of his life, by a word from the Lord. The Lord spoke to Peter and said, I want you to go preach. I want you to go preach. Peter, I want you to go preach to the, to the Gentiles. I want you to take this message outside of Judaism. I want you to go preach to the Gentiles. I want you to go, and I'm, I'm going to go with you, but I want you to go to the Gentiles. And Peter was up on the house as God was speaking this to him, and he had an, an encounter with God. He, had, he fell into a trance, the Bible says, and, and he saw visions that came down from heaven. My brothers and sisters, our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Our world is in great need. Our world is hurting. Our world is broken. Our world can't be fixed with a little tweak. Our our world can't be fixed. Our world can't be fixed with great teaching and with great preaching. Our world can only be fixed by an invasion of the supernatural, an awakening of the Holy Ghost. That's our only hope, our only prayer. So us just just toning it back a little bit is not the answer. We have to launch out into the deep. We have to press the lever. We have to go deeper into the Word of God. We have to press into His presence. We have to go into areas of the Holy Ghost that might make us uncomfortable. We We might have to go into areas of the Spirit of God that people might resist and might criticize you for. These are the last of days. God has saved his best for last. Launch out into the deep. Launch out into the deep. Accountants, launch out into the deep. Businessmen, launch out into the deep. Doctors, launch out into the deep. Teachers, launch out into the deep. Lawyers, launch out into the deep. Housewives, launch out into the deep. Students, launch out into the deep. In the word, in his presence, in the Holy Ghost. And then look for an opportunity. Let down your nets. Find your nets and let it down for a catch. I want to finish with this one last scripture in Matthew 4, Matthew's account of the same miracle. He said to them, now this, he's he's speaking to us today. This is a word from the Lord for his church, for his people. He said to them, follow me. Everyone say, follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and they followed him. Now, he's not calling everybody, of course, to leave their business. He places us 
in the places in this world that, that we are, that we're at. He calls some to leave their nets. He calls others to stay in the midst of the, 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 the career that God's called, called us into. But what he's calling us into is into a deeper place, recognizing that that we're there as representatives of Jesus Christ. Representatives. So uh, allow the Lord to take the veil off of your mind and and for you to recognize that your life is of value, that your calling is of worth, that God does have a plan that's powerful in your life. It might not look like someone else's. You know, Peter was never going to be the great teacher that the Apostle Paul was. Paul was an academic. He had studied the scriptures from his youth. He had a different purpose and a different plan in his life than Peter did. But but Peter, this fisherman, filled a role that Paul couldn't fill. You can fill roles that that I can never fill. God has placed every one of you in positions of authority, positions of influence, positions of power. And it's time for us corporately, for us corporately to say, I'm not going to leave this launching out into the deep thing up to the pastor and to the elders and the deacons. I'm going to go. I'm going to press the envelope myself. I'm going to launch out into the deep. I'm going to press, press into God. Hallelujah. You know, we live in a time, you know, seasons change in the body of Christ. And I have the, 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 the perspective of 40 years of, of watching Christianity for the last 40 years. I got saved in 1973, and I've seen a lot of stuff in these 40 years. A lot of it was great, a lot of it was horrible. But, uh, but it's funny how the same things repeat themselves over and over and over again. And um, God has, he, ha- he, has, he has ways of changing our world, and he has different emphasis emphasis that come from season to season. Right now, you know, if you had take everything back to 1994, 1994, it was popular to have a move of the Holy Ghost. 1970s, it was popular to pray in tongues publicly. But that is not so much culturally popular, at least in the church world today. We can't go by the trends, the changing trends of the Christian worlds. We can't. We have to go, we have to go with, with, with God's biblical plan. We have, to stay, we have to stay relevant to God. We have to press in to the power of God. If we want to see greater results, we have to press in to the deeper places with God. We have to go out into His Word, out into His presence, and preach the gospel, even if it means rejection and shame, for the results will follow. God will honor His words. He will honor His Word. He's an awesome God. Yeah, let's give God some praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You're an awesome God. You're an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He does exceedingly, abundantly, above, above, beyond all I can ask or all I can think. There's power. There's power working in you. There's more power working in you than you can ever imagine. Think of the omnipotent power of God. It's working inside of your heart and in your life. Christ Jesus lives inside of you. If you're his son, you're his daughter. He lives inside of you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells inside of you. He's testifying inside of you. He's praying inside of you. He's prophesying inside of you. He's witnessing inside of you. He's laying hands on the sick from inside of you. He's he's working his will in your life and through your life. Thanks for listening. Check out our website at www.victoryfellowship.net for service times and for more information.